Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Amichai Tzipor for Web Yeshiva, and this is part of our Order of the Seder 2023 series. Tonight, today, this morning, wherever you are, we'll be talking about Maror for a little bit. Um, and we hope the Torah that you learned from uh, this, uh, from our special series, Order of the Seder, we hope it really enhances your your Pesach Seder, even if it's not this year, even if it's for next year. <laughs> um, Maror. So I I remember growing up and all the Sedarim that we had, what did we use from Maror? We used the, uh, the horseradish root. And we didn't use romaine lettuce. We didn't use other things. I don't know why. I don't know why if it was because um, it just... There wasn't the minhag in the area. I'm from Boston. I'm sure other people in Boston used lettuce um, or maybe some other things. But we used the root. And, you know, we sometimes had it in, like, big chunks or we had it shaved and, you know, tried to eat what we could. And um, and some years, the, the horseradish root was really sharp. I mean, you're huffing and puffing <laughs> trying to trying to eat as much as you could um in other years it was kind of dull and you'd be wondering like wow i'm i'm eating so much of it this is this is really uh you know this is really something and what what i what i you know when i think back to those memories of eating the maror at all of those sadari when i was younger um really what comes out of it is it was an experience and it was, it was an experience whether it was really sharp really hard to do it was an experience whether it was not so sharp and you couldn't understand why you know sometimes you're you're like happy wow i'm i'm eating i'm eating all this maror but at the same time you you want something more and you you know so and i think that that's that's definitely the thing that the the seder itself is supposed to supposed to um instill in us is the experience we're supposed to be try to bring us back to we're all leaving egypt even today we're leaving egypt we're leaving mitzrayim um and and so all of these things that we do um help us get to that point and specifically with maror it was definitely an experience and um, you know, and in later years, you know, since I've been here in Eretz Israel, uh, we don't usually have the, I don't usually use the actual horseradish root for this. We, we use the romaine lettuce and, and it's not exactly the same. <laughs> um, it's still bitter, uh, on a certain level. Um, and, but, um, but you, I feel like you have to dig a little deeper to get to um, the 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 idea of maror and what it means leaving Mitzrayim, and uh, and I hope we can do that a little bit tonight here. Um, here's some mikorot uh, put together for this evening. Not everything that I'm going to do is on here, and some things on here I'm not going to do. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the first thing I want to do is go over a few places in the Haggadah where it mentions Maror. 
The first point is obviously in the order of the Seder, right? Kadesh, Orechatz, Karpas, Yachatz, Magid, Rachza, Mohutzi, Matza. Everyone now. I don't hear you. Maror, right? Maror. So the Maror is something that is so important that it's, it's, it's in the order of the Seder itself. And I was thinking, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in every, and every, everything in life, there's a little something that kind of goes the other direction, um, but it helps enhance everything else. And so here in the order of the Seder Maror, of course, it's important. It's there. It's a focus of what we need to do on that night. The next place where it shows up is in Manishtana. Right? I was never someone who, except maybe on the Seder night, because I already mentioned that we tried to eat the horseradish root, but I was never someone that liked harif, that liked bitter. I didn't understand it. I didn't. I didn't want a part of it. And I would say, since I've been here in Eretz Israel, um, my taste buds have changed a little bit. And I actually really like Kharif. I I'm someone who um, right now during this time of year around Pesach, you always, if you didn't look at a calendar, if you didn't uh, hear what was going on uh, in the news. If you didn't know Pesach was coming, if you saw right now the fresh garlic, Israeli garlic, you knew Pesach was right around the corner. And I'm someone that loves to eat that garlic. I go buy tons of that garlic. I hang it up to dry for the year. I'm someone now that I eat garlic raw. I eat onions raw. Um, I love it. I love it. And the rest of the year, the whole year, you know, I like to have some of my my crunchy, yummy, fresh garlic, you know, with whatever I'm eating, with the tahina, with the salad, with the whatever it is, you know, I'm eating the vegetables and the, whatever the side dishes are, chewing on a little garlic or a little onion or something like that, you know, dip the pita in the nice olive oil with the hummus, mm, so yummy, bunch on it, chomp, you know, chomp on a piece of onion. <laughs> um, and here it says, I, I you know, I, I, I didn't relate to this part of Manishtana, uh, 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 until I think you know, in the last bunch of years, all the other nights we eat shar yirakot halayla zemaror, and and it's interesting to me because like when 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 I wasn't so focused on like oh I want something harif I want some garlic or onion with it I I didn't I didn't relate to this so much but now I do and it's and it's really interesting that um, that now. The maror, on this night, it's the focus, you know? The other stuff isn't the focus. It's like I'm focusing, I'm eating the maror, and the other stuff, usually during the rest of the year, the the maror, the thing that's bitter, is enhancing what you're eating. Um, and here, really, uh, it's, it's, it's the focus. It's not the, side, it's not the side kick of the food, it's the focus, right? Um, the next time that Maror shows up in the Haggadah is Rabban Gamliel Haya Omer. It's in Magid. We've already gone through kind of the story 
um, and it's just before Hallel. Um, and Rabban Gamaliel Haya Omer, Kol Shelo Amar Shloshad Devarim Elu BaPesach Lo Yatsai Dechovato. Rabban Gamaliel says, "Okay, if you haven't done anything else, for whatever reason, you have to say these three things. You have to say Pesach, Matzah, Umaror." Pesach, Matzah, Maror. Maror Zeshanu Ochlim, Al Shuma. Why are we eating? What's the whole? Why are we doing? Why are we eating uh, the Maror? Al Shum Shemeiru Hamitzrim Et Chaye Avutenu B'Mitzrayim. Right? They made our lives bitter. The Mitzrayim. They made our lives bitter in Mitzrayim. Shinemar, and it brings the pasuk. Vayimaru Et Chayehem Ba'avodah Kasha. They made our lives really, really terrible. Hard work. I put you some English there. Um, they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and in brick and all the manner of service in the field and all their service wherein they made them serve with rigor. <laughs> They made their lives basically. Uh, sometimes you have to translate the English, but some they um, they made our lives really terrible. Vayimaru et chayhem, right? And um, and it's interesting. This particular part, uh, Rav Gamliel, um, it's basically uh, this part of Magid is kind of colliding with. What comes next with the meal, right? Kadesh, Orchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, Magid, Rachsa. Okay, Rachsa. And then Motsi Matzah. But it's Magid here is kind of colliding with the meal. And so it's interesting that Rabbi Gamliel is, is put right here and speaks about Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. Um, and the Mefarshim, they, they kind of hop on this. And there's different opinions of, of what he means by when he says... Um, what's the exact word he says here? Kol shelo amar. What is amar, right? You just have to say Pesach, Matzah, Umaror. Boom, I'm done. <laughs> or, or is this something more? Uh, so there's two main opinions of why Pesach, Matzah, Umaror is placed here. And it's kind of colliding with the meal a little bit. One of them is that the mitzvah of telling the story, um, the, mit, the mitzvah is telling the story. The, the mit, we're in Magid, so there's a mitzvah of telling the story, right? And you can't fully do this without talking about these three things. Pesach, Matzah, Umaro, right? You can talk about, I guess, like, some, I don't, you, 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 there probably are ways to talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim without somehow men- mentioning Pesach, Matzah, Umaror. Or at least up until this point, but uh, but but that's really important. That the mit, there's the mitzvah of telling the story, and you can't really do it without talking about these three things, right? The other opinion is that because we're getting close to the meal, that the mitzvah of eating needs to be accompanied by explaining. Otherwise, you're not you haven't really reached the full potential of the mitzvah of the meal, right? So there's two things here. There's one that 
it's really about Magid, that this is here about Magid. And you can't really tell the story without mentioning these three things. Or there's another opinion that because we're getting to the meal, so we need to mention these three things and talk about them because we're going to be doing Pesach Matzah Mara. And, and we need to really, we need to bring them out in the open, talk about them because like just eating Maror, not enough. Okay. Oh, and, and, uh, there's a nice little quote on this from um, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Zichronoli Rachai says, Rabban Gamliel argues that the two are connected. The story explains the food. The food allows us to relive the story. So, anybody have any questions? Um, just checking the chat here. Okay, great. So, Let's go a little deeper now. Um, what is this bitterness that 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 is kind of we comes up? We've, it's it's such a focus of the seder and Yitzhak Mitzrayim. What is the bitterness itself? Um, scroll down here a little bit. Hold on. Oh, before I do that, real quick, the uh, the next time that Maror is mentioned is, of course, in uh, when we say the blessing, the bracha of Asher Kitzah Mitzvah Tzivanu Alachilat Maror. Okay, hold on. All right. Now, I want to quickly review the story in Shemot, beginning of Shemot, and how how this uh, bitterness developed. The very beginning of Sefer Shmot. First, before this, it lists all the names of the people that went down to Mitzrayim and says there was a new king that that arose in Mitzrayim that didn't know Yosef. And of course, it's not clear if it was a new king or the same king, but anyway. So, so there was this the new king who didn't know Yosef, and for some reason they became afraid of Bnei Israel, who became who who suddenly they weren't just 70 people that came down to Mitzrayim. They were a lot more people. And they started to get worried, and they started to worry about what if another nation comes and wars against us, and what if this Bnei Yisrael decides to to fight against them, against us? You know, what are we going to do? So they, they start, the Mitzrayim started to started to make the lives of Bnei Yisrael um, difficult. Um, they put on Sarai, put on them. They, you know, appointed, they set up people for who were Sarai Misim um, to, um, it sounds like, ta- I, was, I was saying task masters, but it sounds like tax masters <laughs> but that's a, that's an idea too that they started to put taxes on them 
and they made them work. Pitom and Ramses were actually, I think, already there and built, but they, they used Bnei Israel to help start enhancing them and, and um, building them up. Ah, and the, the harder that the Mitzrim worked them, the more, the more they were of Bnei Yisrael, and and they re, and they became like a thorn in the side of of the Egyptians. They worked them. Befarach, you could say, is like ruthless, ruthlessly. Sound familiar? Again, they worked them really hard. They made they were ruthless and it was really, really tough. Then we have, you know, the story of the Melech Mitzrayim Paro. He tells um, Shifra and and Pua that when the B'nai, when the the women of Bnei Israel are giving birth, if it's a boy, throw it in the water, kill it. If it's a girl. Then, then they can the the babies can live, and of course, Pua, Shifra and Pua didn't listen. Um, and now Then Paro tells his own people, he's making them part of all of this. That when Ben Israel has children, if it's a boy, throw it in the water. Okay, so that's basically. That's kind of the basic story, the beginning of Shemot, about what happens um, before before the Moshe starts to show up. And you can see, look at the words that it's using, right? Um, you have Liman Anoto, Befarech, Vayamararu, Vayavidu, Befarech, and then cruel things, killing babies. That's Rishalom. So how did we get to how did we get to this point? How did how did how did the situation get to this? So I want to go back now. I want to go back to Sefer Breshit, and I want to go back to Brit Benavitarim, because it was at Brit Benavitarim where Abraham is having a super wild nevuah, <laughs> and and towards the end of the nevuah there. Hashem tells Avraham what's going to happen down the line to his ancestors. Specifically, that they will be going to, um, they will be enslaved and afflicted by a nation in a land that's not theirs. Right here. Breshit, Tetvav, Yudbet, Tetvav. Okay. Um, He fell into a deep sleep. And kind of this heavy darkness fell on him. 
Vayomer le Avram, Hashem says to Avram, Yadoa teida, ki ger zaracha, be'eretz lo lahem. Hashem tells Avram, no, that your descendants will be strangers in a land that's not theirs. Va'avadum ve'inu otan arba me'ot shana, right? They, they, will, they will have to serve this other nation, um, and this other nation will afflict them, and it will be for 400 years. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole, which, how does it work out 400 years? There is the idea that, you know, from Yitzchak till the end was 400 years. That's a whole other discussion, but let's continue. V'gam et ha'goy asher ya'avodu dan anochi. And the nation that is going to be enslaving them, afflicting them, also them, I am going to judge them. And afterwards, B'nai Israel, your descendants, they're going to leave Mitzrayim uh, with great wealth. And you, Abraham, um, you're not going to be experiencing any of this. You'll kind of, you know, your time will end in peace and in this world. Yeah, so basically what we have here is Hashem tells Abraham, that his descendants are going to be in a strange land, not their own, and that nation that there will be that that kind of runs that place, vavadum ve'inu, right? They'll they're they're going to enslave them and afflict them. That's all it says here. It doesn't say anything else about what 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 was going to happen. You know, when we just a few minutes ago when we looked at at the psukim shemot, there's a lot more going on there. Another uh, like, and then and it gets so bad that they're they're they they're gonna kill the children, the Mitzrayim. So, you can see that. How do we get to this point of miyamaru? How do we get to the point of bitterness? Um, that, that was reached, you can see that the Nevuah, you know, the Rambam, um, the Rambam says um, that when it comes to Nevuah, that how do you know if a, if a Navi is a real Navi? So if they prophesize that there's, um, if the bad things they prophesize the bad things that a Navi prophesizes, they don't have to come true. They could change because, because of people can do tshuva in the world. The good things, the good things that a that a, a Navi prophesizes, those have to come true. And it definitely became true that Bnei Israel was going to be enslaved and that they were going to be redeemed. That happened. The bad part, you know. It looked like it got worse for some reason than what was actually prophesized for whatever reason. And we know it got really, really bad there. Now, is that because B'nai Israel themselves did bad things? I don't think so. I think that, you know, what we saw here from the Nivua, from the Brit Bena B'tarim, 
וגם את הגוי אשר יעבודו, דן אנוכי. השם, says to Abraham, remember, I'm going to judge, I'm going to judge the nation that is carrying out the job I gave to them. And I think this, I think this is like an important lesson in life because, you know, when you're at your Seder, you can talk about the story, you can talk about, you know, how you could say, it wasn't supposed to be this bad, but it got really bad. You could ask the people at your Seder, whose fault do you think it was? Was it B'nai Israel, Or was it the Mitzrim? And it seems to be, you know, not to uh, put it all in the Mitzrim, but I think it was the real fault of the Mitzrim here. <laughs> in life, we all have a certain, um, you could say everybody has a certain authority over something, over somebody else. Uh, or you have a certain authority that you carry with you into a relationship. You know, um, husband and wife, neither, they're both equals. Um, and they can use their, they can use their emotions, they can use their, you know, how they feel uh, in various ways. Um, but there's really like, there's a gvul, there's a boundary where you you really shouldn't cross, uh, you know, a boss in a company has a certain level of authority. He can tell his workers whether they're not doing good or doing good, but he can, someone needs to be punished for some reason. Like, you know, it, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a line you can't, you're not supposed to cross. And I think what happened here in a certain respect is that, you know, Mitzrayim was, was the, was, was the most powerful um, nation in the world at the time. Uh, they, they had all the power. Um, and it was certainly fitting that Hashem chose Mitzrayim as the place for B'nai Israel to become a nation and to leave. Because also Mitzrayim was kind of the bastion of Avodazara, of Avodazara. And what better place to for Hashem to express Himself in the world or and have the people of the world express that Hashem is in the world. What better place to do it than in a place that is so, where people are so the opposite thinking, where Avodah Zara is like, you know, rampant, where it's, where it's just, you, it, it's the hardest place to do this. And, and so the Mitzrim were given a certain level of authority, of power, um, and they, they took it way too far. A little bit further here in the next Makor here, the Ramban, the Ramban talks about this. And, um, second, I'm not going to read the whole thing right now because there's definitely a lot there, but, uh, hold on. There we go. If you just skip down to the third line. My cursor is here, Vahanachon. The Ramban says here, um, talking about the Gametagoya Sharia Yavidu, that Hashem's going to judge that nation. 
ואנחנו רואים בעיניי כי תם וגם אף על פי שאני גזרתי על זרעך להיות גרים בארץ לא להם. So the Ramban says that Hashem is saying, even though I, you know, decreed that your descendants of Abraham are going to be strangers in a land that's not their own, ve'avadum ve'inu otam, and they're going to be, you know, worked and afflicted, afal pikein efshotet ha'goy asher ya'avodu, I'm going to judge the nation that is going to be doing this to them. Even though I've given them, here's the keys to B'nai Yisrael and their enslavement in Egypt. Here you go, Egyptians. Afal pikein efshotet ha'goy asher ya'avodu, al asher ya'asu lahem, v'lo yipatru ba'avor she'asug gzerati. And just because I gave them, Hashem's thing, basically, Hashem's saying, basically, just because I gave them the, the the right to be able to do this right now, it doesn't mean that whatever they do, we're just going to, like, look the other way. And so it was in Mitzrayim that they... they Hosifu lehara, they they you know really did it a lot, did their job a lot worse than they were supposed to do it. They added to the to the terrible terrible uh, actions that they that um, they added on to what they were supposed to do in really bad ways. Kihishlichu b'nehem leor, they were going to throw the the children into the water. Vayemaru et chayehem. They made their lives bitter. They wanted, they wanted to, um, to that they would erase, basically erase their names. And this is the reason why Hashem says, I will bring them to judgment. Whether they did what I said for them to do, or whether they they really went overboard and they really did go overboard, and um, yeah, so I'm not going to do the rest of this because it's pretty long. But he goes, he basically the Ramban here continues to do more uh, to go a little deeper into this, and uh, and it's really wild. I want to just finish up with one other thing to give you another perspective of of Maror and an idea of what it's about. And a second. This is um this is a section from the um the Haggadah of the Beit Yaakov. Uh Beit Yaakov is um he's the the he's the son of the uh the Meashiloh, Mordechai Yosef, and, and Mordechai Yosef's son was Yaakov. The Meashiloh lived from about eighteen hundred till eighteen fifty-four, so this is his son. And in his in the Haggadah of the Bay Yaakov, it says the following Maror. Um and this particular section is is um, taken from 
the uh, the part where Rabban Gamliel says, you know, that you should say Pesach Matzah Maror. Maror zeh she'anu ochlim al shumma, v'yimararu et chayehem, et kol avodatam asher avdu bahem befarach. Every, they made their lives really bitter, um, and every and all the work that they made them do was befarach. They were ruthless with it. So the Bey Yaakov brings a Gemara, Rabbi Eliezer from Sota, the Gemara from Sota. Rabbi Eliezer says, Rabbi Eliezer on Omer, Beperach. What is Beperach? Beperach. Rabbi Shimon. It's like a soft kind of, we'll call it literally soft mouth. Rabbi Shimon bar Nachmani Omer bepricha, which is a little bit rougher. Elu ve'elu divrei Elohim chayim shekol kavanat Mitzrayim haya lehashkiach milev Yisrael shorsham v'yichusam shezehu ikar hagalut. The whole thing of Mitzrayim, what they were trying to do, was to get B'nai Yisrael to forget who they were and where they came from. Shezehu ikar ha-galut. This is the essential part of Galut, forgetting who you are. Shebe'et she'ayichus me'ir lifnehem, she'hem yitzir kapav shel ha-kadosh baruchu, that when B'nai Yisrael know who and where they who they are where they came from that they are literally like that you know we are um you know Kadosh Baruch who made us when we know who we are when we know that um that Hashem is 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 the master of the world, then there really isn't any slavery. Because we know we have someone to pray to, to cry out to. We know we have someone that will save us. The, the Mitzrim knew this. They knew that if we that if we still remembered who we were, that we will cry out to Hashem, we will dive into Hashem, and Hashem will save us. They knew this. They, the Mitzrim, they, they spoke to us kindly. They tried to kind of do the shibud in a way at first that we wouldn't realize what was happening. Um, they would do things very slowly to like to get us to you know look Galut sometimes does that anyways you know there are things that you see you want you want to do and slowly 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 
you forget about who you are, you forget about what you're supposed to do, and that's what the Mitzrayim is supposed, we're trying to do here. So we wouldn't cry out and do tefillah to Hashem. V'achar kach na'aseh b'prichat hainu shehergilum kol kach me'at me'at ba'avadut ba'avadut ad shelo hergishu klal mimirotam v'avodatam v'shachachu shorsham legamre v'na'asu ragalim ba'avodah v'nidmelahem shekach noldu avadim then they then they went into like more of an intensive kind of um brainwashing let's call it you know where you know there's forgetting who you are and where you come from so that way you don't have an answer to your situation and then that it was that that the bitterness as the word here he uses it was pretty intense that you wouldn't feel you wouldn't even feel the bitterness that's going on. That's what the Mitzrayim tried to do. Miyad nit oreru Yisrael v'hegishu. Sorry. Ukeshenigleh Hashem iparach lemoshe ve'amar lo Hashem echiyeh. And when Moshe, when Hashem revealed himself to Moshe and said said the special name echiyeh. This is according to the Zohar. This is a name that awakens the Yeshua. Then the, then then Ben Israel they they awoken. They awoke and they started to feel. They realized how what was going on. They knew, they understood, you know, the pain and everything. And they realized, they realized, I'm, I wasn't a slave from my birth. This is, this is not who I am. This is not who I'm supposed to be. And, and they realized that they had someone, they had someone to, uh, they had a Shem to, to, to pray to. Ulezehu ha'alacha bala maror, lo yatsa. She'adaraba, zehu ikar hamrirot. She'ein ha'adam, she'ein ha'adam mirgosh tsa'aro. Ve'ein lo shum hit'orut litfila. She'hamrirut nivla v'ne'elam imenu. This is what maror really is, according to Beit Yaakov. And it's really, really intense. That Maror is supposed to get us to understand that what is Maror about? It's about forgetting who we are. It's about forgetting who we come, where we come from. It, it's about forgetting that we have Hashem to daven to. That we have Yeshua, Yeshua down the road. We, it's, it's, that's what Maror is really about. You know, the Mitzrim. They did it slowly, slowly, slowly until they got us and then we forgot who we were. We forgot where we came from. According to the Zohar, when Moshe revealed himself, when Hashem revealed himself to Moshe with the special name Echiyah, it awoken us. Now, 
שאז נמצא באדם כוח תפילה להשם יתברך. וזו המצווה רומזת לאדם לידה שהשם יברך רוצה בזה שאדם ירגיש צערו וחסרונו ויתפלל להשם יברך שישלים לו חסרונו. שמרור מכניס לאדם, מרור, מכניס לאדם דעה שלא יתייאש משום דבר. The maror is something that when we eat it, then when we talk about it, we need to realize that it's something that it it puts it 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 opens us up when it goes inside it opens us up to 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 realize that there's nothing to worry about it's to remind us who we are where we came from the anyush baolam and bechen lo ye and and with maror it, it it does it does such a wonder to us that really at the end of the day there's we we just know that we have hope so that was the uh, uh from the Haggadah of the Beit Yaakov it's an amazing Haggadah really recommend it uh, I'm going to leave leave it on that note. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy all the other special shirim that we're having for Pesach. Um, and uh, all the best. Thank you, Chag Samer, for Pesach, and happy cleaning, and everything else. You too. Thank you.